Dads, hello. Welcome to episode one of Dad Lift. This is a monumental day, Jake. Joined by Jake Watson, the first PT on the podcast. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Excited to get started. Yeah, me too. It's, there is an idea we've had for probably, you know, probably actually the best part of 12 months when diversity kicks off. Yeah, yeah. The podcast was always going to be like the long format content that we needed to get the yeah. micro clips into the group yeah, yeah, and help yeah, dads and give them more value. Yeah, so, yeah. So really excited to kick this off. I guess for people listening and for the dads in the community, they'll probably want to know a little bit more about you. So why don't you give us a quick intro and tell us who you are. Cool. So my name's Jake. I'm based in Bristol. I'm about to move to South Wales in the next sort of six weeks or so. So yeah, I'm a, I'm an online coach. I help specifically help dads, mostly fat loss, to be honest, just because that's most kind of dads of a certain age's, you know, issue. But then once we kind of get past the fat loss, then we can go into, say, like a muscle building phase. And it's all around kind of becoming the best version of yourself for your kids. So a little bit of backstory. I've got a two, well, he's two next month son. And when he was born, I struggled a lot. So I've always been into health and fitness. I really struggled when he was born. I couldn't make any time for myself. I couldn't get to the gym. I had sort of low energy levels, no drive. I, you know, wake up late, which is not like me. I'm, I've always been an early bird. But that went on for about six months to a year. And then I sort of realized what was going on. And then I massively jumped into fitness. So then I started running again, working on myself, training a lot. And in that time, I've lost between then and when I was at my kind of heaviest, I've lost 20, 24 kilos I've recently done a photo shoot um, and I ran the Newport Marathon as well. So it's as well as helping my clients, I'm kind of on on this journey myself. And that's why I think I'm kind of best placed to to help dads. And, you know, any questions any dads have got, I've been there, I've done it, I've been through it all. So, yeah, that's a bit about me, really. Where did you get to when you were at your heaviest? What what was what does the heaviest look like for you? 80... 586 kilos something like that it was I don't know exactly but it's it was somewhere around that point yeah and it's it's been about between sort of 24 to 26 loss so at my lightest for the photo shoot in peak week we call it which is kind of when you get down to the lightest and then in peak week you try and bolt back up a little bit so at my lowest I was 60 kilos just over so yeah nice lost, lost a fair bit got into decent shape and nice most most importantly I feel like I've got my kind of energy back my drive and I'm a lot happier a lot more confident than I was before and that has kind of filtered over to dad life really I feel like I'm a much better dad and much better partner to my wife so yeah isn't it isn't it crazy how like I, I feel exactly the same, by the way. And it blows my mind, like how resistant my mind is to training, knowing how good you feel after you've actually done it. Oh, yeah. With, the, the kind yeah. of, I, yeah, the confidence and the energy and everything that it gives you just from training regularly, from, you know, eating well, and just kind of using that time to work on yourself, I guess. it Yeah, it's amazing how good you feel and how much that kind of filters through to the rest of your life as well. Yeah, we're on, you would have seen it on the Facebook group today. I think you've engaged with a couple of people as well. But the the August challenge kicked off today. So yeah. obviously the intention is run 
like 5k every Monday or every day, Monday through Friday throughout the whole of August. So it's like 23, 23 runs, 150 kilometers, 115 kilometers altogether. And before the run, I was just feeling like, like just this sense of dread that like I just don't, I don't like running. I didn't want to do it. And suddenly within like the first kilometer, your brain starts kicking in saying, just stop Nathan, just start walking, just relax. You know, yeah. they don't need to do this. It doesn't matter if you go five minutes over the time you usually run. And then suddenly it gets really weird because after like three kilometers, you're then going, I'm going to have to smash this PB that I've recorded last time or I want to get to the end. It's so close. Keep going. And you, your mind just constantly flexes depending on where you're at in the situation. It's just like really complex, isn't it? You'll find as you get into it more, that kind of resistance that you start with will, will go. Mm. It will just be a case of you, you'll get straight into a, like a flow of running and you won't even be thinking about running. And, you know, that's why I love it because you're not on your phone, you know, you're not distracted. Yeah. All you can think about is the run and like kind of everything that's going on in your head. It's kind of like a meditation in a way from, you know, you, yeah, like I said, just you're only focused on running. So all of your problems kind of go in, in the moment. And that's why that is why I love running. And you'll find and everyone else doing this, the further you get into it, the more you'll be able to get into that flow and you'll start to enjoy it as it goes on. Yeah. You definitely get that sense of the case and, and that to be the case and when you do finish actually the feeling is just much better isn't it you feel really good afterwards yeah so today's topic for episode one was figuring out calories this is probably so i'm really glad this topic's come up first because this is probably the weakest part for me in terms of just random acts of eating through the day i work from home i'm random we just nip in at like three o'clock and grab like three four five hundred calories worth of crap basically and i never track anything so when we're on the start of this like journey to figuring out calories and understanding how many you need as a dad like where's the best place to start how do we start figuring this stuff out so the best thing to do is to start with a an online calorie calculator i'll we'll post mine in the show notes. But yeah, I, I've got one that I use and I use it for all of my clients, but basically, it's basically just like a starting point. And then as we go week by week, as you kind of monitoring your, if it's weight loss, if that's your goal, you know, weighing yourself regularly, as long as we're on the right path and we're losing with my clients, I try and get them to lose 0.5 kg per week. That's kind of the sweet spot. Any more than that, you don't really want, but you kind of want to get to 0.5 And as long as you continue to lose at that rate, you know that you're eating the right amount of calories. As soon as you kind of hit a bit of a plateau, then we can adjust the calories and we can bring them down or we can add cardio, um, you know, that that kind of thing. But yeah, calorie calorie calculator is the starting point that will give you your number of calories. And then the next thing you want to do is you want to work out how much protein you should be eating. So obviously protein is really important. It it fills you up and it will kind of, when you're training in the gym, it will allow you to build muscle. And then it'll also allow you to hold on to the muscle that, you, that you've got. Because basically when you lose weight, if you're eating enough protein, you can pretty much, and your strength training at the same time, you can pretty much guarantee that you're losing body fat. Whereas if you don't eat the right amount of protein and you don't strength train, losing the weight, you could be losing your muscle as well. So yeah, you want to be working out the amount of protein you need, which is for most people is between sort of two grams and 2.4 grams of per kg of body weight. Okay. So mine's 60, 
about 140, something like that. 150 should be mine. I do eat slightly over that. But yeah, mine mine would be 60, 62 kilos by 2.4 would get your my kind of my level of protein that I should be looking at, at as a minimum. Cool. So measure calories and then move on to Look at your protein intake protein. Yeah. And then you want to be looking at your carbs. You want to keep your carbs as high as possible. So a lot, lots of people sort of demonize carbs, but they're your body's, you know, preference when it comes to energy. So you get the most amount of your body gets the most amount of energy from carbs. As long as they're sort of mostly good carbs, I hate that phrase, but it's the best way to describe it. So you're thinking of sort of like potatoes, sweet potatoes, porridge oats, rice, pasta, you know, that that kind of thing. As long as it's sort of 80% of those kind of carbs, then you're good. And then you want, and then the rest will be made up of fats. Okay. So... Talk to me about the bad carbs, because you hear this, I've heard this a lot, like good carbs, bad carbs, and I guess yeah, like good calories, I, I, bad calories. As I, like... as I said, I hate that because I feel like mm. there, there is a place for all foods in your diet, but you just want to make sure you're eating sort of 80% whole foods, so sort of nat- natural ingredients. So in yeah, in terms of good carbs, it's all sort of natural things. And then if you want to call them bad carbs, the things that you want to kind of limit you're thinking like crisps, cookies, you know, ultra processed stuff because they don't have any sort of fiber in them. So obviously we need to be eating a good amount of fiber to make sure our digestive system's working properly. So things like oats, again, potatoes, that that kind of thing, all of those, the good carbs will tend to be higher in fiber than the bad carbs. And the bad carbs will be sort of higher in sugar and will have less fiber. So this is typically processed stuff that you would get out of a packet. Typically processed stuff. What would you, what you would class as in inherently bad foods? Yeah. But you know, I would never ban any foods from any of my clients. So I would, if they say, can I eat this? I say, you know, say they came up to me and said, can I eat this cookie? And I said, yes, you can eat it. As long as you can fit it into your, your calories and you're eating kind of 80 to 90% whole foods there are definitely room for treats so yeah the worst thing you can do for me is go all or nothing with your nutrition and completely ban a certain food type because you 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 know how long will you keep that up for five weeks six weeks after that you'll probably end in a binge and then you'll go back to how you were before whereas if you try and fit in treats and things like that then you're going to be way more likely to stick to it long term and Obviously, that's the goal. The goal is always longevity. Keep it up for as long as you possibly can. And if the diet you're currently eating, you can't see yourself eating it long term, then there's no point, you know. So tell me about the mistakes that that people typically make. So they've gone onto your calorie calculates. They figured out how much protein they, they need, carbs, and then they kick off the diet yeah or the diet i mean it's probably the wrong phrase isn't it yeah so they kick off the new the nutrition plan and they are like they've made a lot of changes very quickly is that like the number one thing that people struggle with yeah i think so that's yeah i've I've seen it loads of times lots of clients come to me and they say oh i tried this before i just can't stick to it i wonder why you couldn't stick to it because it's you know 
ultra kind of restrictive and you know you know most people love everyone loves food don't they everyone's got food that they love yeah and if you love pizza for example and you suddenly completely cut it out of your diet in six weeks time you as it goes on and on you're kind of you're going to fit it in and then all of a sudden if you think you've you shouldn't be eating pizza that will probably lead to a binge because you think you've been bad whereas if you just kind of go with a more of a balanced approach and you can fit these foods in you're you're far less likely to then go on a binge and give up completely yeah and i guess the dynamic to this conversation and the whole group in diversity is that like this is a bunch of dads and the extra level of complexity is that you could get the perfect nutrition plan going with a perfect amount of protein and carbs and everything else and hit yeah. your calories every day. But the reality is you're probably at some point going to start eating the same stuff as the family eats and it's going to slide right. and it just becomes a logistical nightmare, especially when you've got kids as well, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's difficult because, you know, I've been there when I've tried to be ultra restrictive and then all of a sudden you're feeding your son and you know he's got fish fingers and you find yourself eating them off their plate (laughs) I think every dad's probably been there and I think when you're doing things like that it's a sign that your diet's probably slightly wrong for you so another mistake people will try and make is they'll try and carry on eating the same foods but they'll try and eat less of them so for me I used to eat when I was kind of when I wasn't worried and when I you know I was going through the bad time I'd be eating sort of 120, 130 grams of of uncooked pasta at a time, which is you're looking at what, four or 500 calories just in the pasta, plus everything, the sauce and everything that goes with it. And then when I first started dieting, I'd say try and eat 60 grams of pasta. The problem with that, that, that's never going to fill you up. So it just left me kind of going to bed hungry, all, all the rest of it. Whereas as I went on and I learned kind of more about volume of foods, I'd be eating things like potatoes and making home home cooked chips and stuff like that, because sort of 400 grams of potatoes is only about 300 calories. Mm. Four, you ever see what 400 grams of potato looks like? That takes up half the plate. So you want eat, eating that alongside, say, like lean meat, like chicken or even a steak or something like that you're not going to bed hungry in that amount of food. Whereas you're, it's it's roughly the same amount of calories as the, say, 60 grams of pasta, but you're eating far more. So I think that is another big mistake that people make. They try and stick to a similar amount of diet or they listen to people that say, you know, just eat less. It's not a case of eating less. It's a case of eating less calories. You want to be eating lots of food, but you want to be eating less calories. So you, you're looking for, you know, foods that are low in calorie, but you can get a lot of volume. So things like potatoes, sweet potatoes, vegetables, berries, yogurts, lean meats, egg whites, you know, all things like this. And as it's gone on, all of these foods kind of make up the bulk of my diet. And I still, I eat foods that I love, you know, I eat I eat, you know, burgers, chicken burgers, chips, steak and chips, you know, stuff like this, foods that I really enjoy, but you just kind of need to learn how to make them calorie friendly. So yeah, again, that, that's another big mistake that people do make, just trying to eat less and it, and that, that's never going to work. 
Does, how often does planning come up in this kind of conversation in terms of when you are trying to figure out calories, like in yeah. terms of when you're eating? Because that's something that personally I struggle with massively is just planning meals. And yeah. The um, day comes, you're like, what do you want? You get that dreaded question from your wife or something. Yeah. What do you want for tea? Like, yeah. You're just like, oh, no, not again. It's like every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously plan, planning ahead is helpful. I think having like a bank of calorie friendly meals that you know that you know that you enjoy and that you're not going to get bored of so how i'll tip we, me and my wife will typically have a bank of say 10 meals for the evening and then you know if you pick from that list you know it's going to be calorie friendly you know it's going to fill you up you know it's going to you know satisfy you essentially and then you kind of and then don't get me wrong on the odd like saturday sunday we'll have like a pizza for tea or something like that so no no food is ever off limits for us even if it will go slightly over my normal calories you know that's absolutely fine but yeah planet planning is huge and eating the same thing for breakfast and lunch every day helps me out a lot that that's a good one again picking foods that i'm not going to get bored of that i really enjoy so i'll have yeah typically i'll have the same thing for breakfast every day and the same thing for lunch every day and then I know that kind of fits into my calories and I know roughly how many calories I've got to play with on the evening. Yeah. And so the first thing is you're way mentally stronger than me because I just get so bored of eating the same thing for like longer than two days. Like literally, mm-hmm. yeah, boredom kicks in really quickly. So um, you can, typically you can do stuff like say you like my meal at the moment is for lunch. I'll have a chicken wrap and chips. Yeah typically like homemade chips and typically I can change like the flavoring of the wrap so you're not necessarily getting bored so you can use different sauces you can diff- use different like rubs for the chicken different spices that kind of thing and the same for breakfast I'll have like protein oats and again you can always change the flavors you can change the toppings that kind of thing so that for me kind of is enough so I'm not getting bored of eating exactly the same thing it's kind of changing my f- flavor palette slightly yeah it's yeah. a good tip it's a really good tip and it's kind of funny because I, I know like internally that I need to do that stuff but again I just don't think I do a necessarily a great job of planning ahead yeah you always tell yourself you haven't got time and then you yeah. kind of it, it, it's funny isn't it it's like you tell yourself you haven't got time it takes probably 10 minutes to fix and you spend about like three hours a week thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, no, crazy, exactly. But they, they, your meals, like for your lunch and breakfast, they don't have to be extravagant. You know, people go on about meal prepping and stuff like that. And yeah, it's great if you've got the time. But if you haven't, like typically I'd, I'd eat. So I guess I got a bit of an advantage because I work from home. So, but so you can have things like use things like frozen veg bags are great. You can stick them in the microwave. They're done in two minutes tins of tuna just put it with a bit of mayo you know some sweet corn you can keep that in the cupboard that's dead easy and you can grab a right you know a rice bag as well again all of this you stick it all together it will take two minutes it's just how long the rice and the you know and the frozen veg takes to cook and that's it stick it stick it with some tuna and you've got a meal in three four minutes and you yeah even if you work in the office and you forget your lunch you can go and grab that from co-op is yeah you You can definitely overthink this stuff can't you yeah there's definitely ways around it there's you know there's so many different meals you can go and grab on the go that are you know calorie friendly you don't have to grab a sandwich or something like that just because you're 
you forgot your lunch or you're in the office or whatever you you can get creative and you can create meals there and then it's you know all you need is a microwave and a bit of knowledge and you're there nice what's the i've heard it a lot anyway like when you're scrolling through tiktok and stuff but what's the situation obviously with like calorie deficits because like you hear this term like a lot of the yeah, moment. Yeah. I don't know if you've probably been like familiar with it way longer than me, but yeah, um, is this just as simple as the calories you burn in a day versus the calories you put in your mouth? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. take exactly. them away. You're there, it's right? To, yeah, exactly that. So to be in a calorie deficit, you have to burn more calories than what you eat. But it's yeah. not in the sense of if you eat two thousand calories, you have to burn two thousand calories at the gym. The gym or, you know, cardio or whatever is a, only a very small amount of the calories you actually burn. So you've got what's called your basal metabolic rate. So that's essentially, you know, it depends on how tall you are, how much weight you're carrying, you know, how much muscle you've got. It's just essentially, even if you slept in bed all day for 24 hours, you would still burn that amount of calories. Your so body everyone, breathing and lung capacity yeah, going breathing, and everything your, else. Your organs moving. Organs, yeah, yeah. That. So that's like your base and that's the bulk of the calories that you burn. That's quite significant, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. It's, yeah, it's so people think that you only burn calories from moving, from going to the gym, etc. But you have got a base rate that you burn at. So when you see, you know, misleading Daily Mail headlines, when they say like, oh, this burger you need to run for 30 minutes to burn it off or what you know whatever in reality your body's already burning that anyway yeah so, yeah people kind of get that a bit confused so you've got that then you've got the calories from you you burn from eating essentially just eating food that burns calories that's so your basal metabolic rate is about sort of 50 60 percent and you've got about 10 to 15 from food you've got about 20 20 from what's called neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis so this is essentially your all the time that your body's moving without you kind of doing it on purpose mm -hmm. so it's like walking to work cleaning you know even fid fidgeting at your desk you know, things like that, that all burns calories. So that's unique. And then the rest of it, about 10, 10 to 15% is made up in the gym. So, you know, people think that you have to do this, that and the other in the gym in order to burn calories. You don't, you know, the gym is just like the icing on top of the cake, basically. And I try and explain to my clients that you shouldn't be going to the gym to, to burn, you know, to try and burn calories going to the gym is about getting strong, feeling good, and, you know, trying to build muscle and not about burning calories. You burn calories through eating less than all the rest of it. That makes sense. What's the, this basal, is it basal metabolic rate you said? Yeah. Is there a way of figuring that out or is it just very different for everyone? Like, it, is there a, just a standardized way of there, there are sort of calorie calculators online and, you know, there, there are places that you can roughly work it out, but it basically, it depends on how tall you are, how much weight you carry, how much muscle you've got. If The more muscle you have, the higher your basal metabolic rate. That's why you see, you know, bodybuilders and things like that people in good shape people with lots of muscle they can generally eat more 
and that's because their basal metabolic rate is higher you know your age and stuff like that all of these things kind of play a part there's not essentially a way you can work it out all of it added together would be what's called your maintenance calories so you if you're eating as many calories as what you're burning that's called maintenance so okay. essentially if you're at maintenance you won't lose weight and you won't you know, you won't add weight on, you won't gain weight, you won't lose weight at maintenance. If you're in a calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. If you're in a calorie surplus, you'll gain weight. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. What else is important for people to understand about figuring out calories? We've covered the calorie calculator, which we're going to give away after this episode, so people can start the process of just figuring out where roughly they need to be. Yeah. Presumably, I guess the timeline on this is like figuring out how many calories over the course of a week or something to give themselves enough flex in case they go over yeah, one day so, and want to reduce the next or. Yeah. So, so for most of my clients, I'll give them a weekly target and okay. typically they'll eat less throughout the week and yeah. then they'll save themselves more calories on the weekend. So you can either do it that way or another very smart way of doing things is if you start tracking on a Friday, so start tracking your calories on a Friday Input everything that you eat on a Friday, input everything you eat on a Saturday, and then on a Sunday, if you eat a bit more on a Sunday as well, and then you'll know how many calories you've got left throughout the rest of your week. So you can split that up how you see fit. So then you can enjoy weekends and you can also, you know, lose weight as well, if that's your goal. And typically what I see in my clients is when they've done that for a few weeks, they'll realize if they eat a bit less on weekends and not go, you know, to eat a bit more than what you do in the week, but eat less than what they were before, then you've got more calories to play with and you're not starving hungry throughout the week. So it's, it kind of trains your brain to eat a bit less then as well. So that's that kind of, that works well for my clients as well. Just starting to track on a Friday and then you know how many calories you've got for the rest of your week. You re you know, it's kind of funny. You realize when you are, and it's, you know, it's when you talk about it, it sounds simple, but you realize how many topics within topics, like even this yeah, yeah, episode yeah. brings. Oh, so my yeah. mind goes to like, and I think one of the biggest blockers for me, when I think about tracking calories, I just think, what a pain like how do i how am i going yeah. to scan every bit of food do i have to weigh yeah. shit like how do we get to that point yeah. where i'm not so, spending my life on it or whatever. So, so what you can do on my fitness power is you can input meals okay so, so you up front it, it's a bit when you first start yes it's a bit of work you've got input all the ingredients for each meal but then once you've been doing it for a while and you stack up a few different meals on there, it's literally a case of clicking on my fitness pal, dinner, search through your dinners, click the one that you want. And right. as long as you use the same ingredients every time, then you're, you know, you're absolutely fine. And I, th I think people get in their head that, oh, you know, I'll be weighed down if I start tracking my calories. But for me, it gives you more freedom because if this is an example. Say two people in an office, one's tracking calories, one's not. So the person that's not tracking calories, you know, some cake comes around, whatever. They either turn it down because they're like, no, I can't eat that. You know, no, I'm being restricted, blah, 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 which will lead to problems down the line. 
or they eat it, they feel super guilty, and then they go home and they eat the con, you know, the contents, you know, they go to McDonald's on the way home, they eat this, that, and the other, because yeah. they're like, you know, I've ruined my diet, like I ate that cake, blah, blah, blah. So you've got that person that is just on a kind of self-sabotage. And you know, we've all done it, I've done it before I kind of learned more about it. I used to do things like that. But then so- the so this can become like damage limitation to a degree. If you do have something yeah. that takes you over your calories, at least you've got sight of what the target actually is. And I, I think yeah, that's so something where I do terribly, like a terrible job of. I don't have sight of what the actual goal is. Exactly. But then you've got person number two who's tracking their calories mm-hmm. and, you know, someone brings cake round and they're like, oh yeah, that would be nice. They cut themselves off like a small slice. They track it all. And then in reality, all they do is they have a bit, you know, have one less snack later on in the day because they know that they're if they do have the snack they'll be over their calories and you know it's to me it actually gives you more freedom around you know being able to fit in foods that you enjoy versus having no clue and being all or nothing and you like I said you either eat the piece of cake and you then self-sabotage because you think you've gone over your calories you think you've ruined the day or you turn down the cake and then that leads to problems later down the line because they really want that cake, but they think they can't have it. And then in a few weeks time, it will lead to a massive binge because they've been super, super restrictive. They can't fit in foods that they enjoy. And then, you know, they're, they've they're, they've gone back to square one and they're off their diet and then, you know, that's it, self-sabotage again. So yeah. I, th- I think people that track tend to be more educated around what they're eating as well. So, you know, you don't have to track forever. No one's saying you have to track forever. Track for a few weeks, track for a few months until you realize what you're eating, you know, roughly how many calories you should be eating, you know, roughly what you should be eating. And then, you know, you're in a you're in a much better place. You know, think of tracking calories as a bit of an education. So, you know what you're eating rather than thinking you have to do it forever. Just do it for a few weeks, a few months. And, you know, I, I guarantee you, you'll know much more about how to lose weight or you know how to build muscle whatever you want to do you'll have you know you'll be looking at things in a much different way yeah that's i want diversity to almost a challenge a month and i think that's a really interesting challenge to run in the community because i feel like that yeah. would give people the behaviors and like you say it's not necessarily a case of tracking everything till the day you die but no. at least having an understanding of what's going in will help because it's, it's weird I just don't know I don't know why I don't do it I give it so much thought and so much mental energy over the course of a week and realistically it takes like what combined throughout every meal of the day probably five minutes to yeah, input I, calories in my fitness pal what I tend to do in the morning so I do it every time in the morning and this is this can be a way of reminding yourself but when I put sounds stupid but when I make my porridge I put it in the microwave whilst the microwave's going that's when I track everything for the day so yeah. I track up front you know that gives me a couple of minutes to do it it doesn't take me any more than two minutes now it allows me to tr- track everything up front and then I know if I eat those calories and only those foods that I've tracked I'll continue to make progress and yeah. I think what another problem another thing that people do is they track things retrospectively so they'll say going back to the cake you know example that we spoke about earlier 
they'll eat say a piece of cake then they'll track it not knowing if they've got any space left for it and then all of a sudden they've either gone over because they continue to eat what they were going to eat anyway or they go hungry because they haven't got anywhere near as many calories as what they had previously whereas if you track everything up front and you know you know it's someone's birthday and work so you allow some calories for cake or whatever or you know you know you like I quite like those fiber ones I have one mm. I like something sweet after I after dinner so I tend to allow myself sort of a hunt between 100 and 200 calories for something sweet after dinner whether that's an ice cream you know a fiber one a, a chocolate bar whatever I can do things like that because I allow for it I allow for it at the start of the day so you, it, like I said before, it's not about banning the foods that you like. It's about trying to fit them in around a healthy diet. Yeah, that's really good. That's really solid advice. So the app we spoke about there was MyFitnessPal. We'll link that in the show notes as well and people can get it. The other thing that's going to be in the show notes is the thing Jake mentioned earlier. So that's the calorie calculator. So you can get started and just figure out where broadly you need to be. Jake, we're very fortunate in that Jake is one of the top contributors at diversity put so much time into helping the community and we just constantly get like amazing feedback from people that are that jake's spoken to i know jamie mentioned mentioned you the other day and it's so cool that we've got yeah 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 it's actually this very topic that we spoke about right and he he found it massively valuable just to speak to someone and so i know dads who are having these kind of conversations with themselves at the moment will like they're always open to reach out to you aren't they yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, my, my DMs are they're always open. I, I like like you said, I regularly write on the page. So yeah, you, my details will be there. So yeah, j- drop me a DM if you ne- need help with anything, not just calories, you know, training, all the rest of it. I do the rest of it too. So yeah, happy happy to help in any sort of questions that you've got. Nice. And we'll link the show notes as well to to Jake's page so you can book sessions with him if you are looking to become more active or you want to speak about anything. So we'll link Jake's details and you can book Jake directly through uh, through Diversity too. But Jake, thank you so much for that. I really enjoyed the chat. I think that's incredibly valuable. And, uh, and hopefully the dads in Diversity enjoyed it too. But we'll catch up soon. Cool. Nice one. Great to speak. Cheers, Jake.